faithful this day. We're gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire will burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart. Your glory on our face when looking to the sky. Descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. And you're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our praise. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our Messiah. I'm here this morning in our own hometown and I wanted to bring you to a special place. A place where we could really see the greatness and the awesomeness of our God. When you look over my shoulder, you can see the Atlantic Ocean. It's a powerful scene. It really reveals God's greatness to us. I love what God says in his word. God says in Isaiah chapter 40, I have measured the waters in the palm of my hand 
just to give you an idea, I brought a tennis ball and I'm gonna place that ball in my palm of my hand and I want you to see how very little that I can hold in my hand. And I also want you to think about then all that God can hold in his hands. Not just the Atlantic Ocean, but all the water. He measures all the water in all of the world and he places it in the palm of his hands. Wow, think about it. It's such an awesome thought. God could say to us, I've got it all in the palm of my hand. And so we see God's bigness. We can see his greatness. And when I see his greatness, my heart is I wanna follow him. I wanna live for him. Not only can he transform the whole wide world, but he can transform my life. And he has the power to do the same in your life. So I wanna ask the question, why does such a great God wanna help us? It's a great question. And I wanna remind you that God says in the book of Isaiah that he not only has the world in the palm of his hand, he also tells it that he has etched your name and my name in the palm of his hand. So in his hand is not only the world, but he also has you and I. It's amazing to think about it. So this morning, as we're thinking about this, I want you to think about maybe a situation that you're dealing with right now. And you might say, well, it's really hard, it's difficult. I'm not so sure if God will help me. And I want you to look over the whole ocean. And I want you to understand that we have a great God and we can conclude without any hesitation that God can help us and he will help us because there's nothing beyond his control. This morning, I have asked our worship team to sing a song that we all know. It's called, He's Got the Whole Wide World in His Hands. So please sing with us together as we remember who God is. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole wide world in his hand. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the itty bitty baby in his hands. He's got the itty bitty baby in his hands. He's got the itty bitty baby in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, brother. In his hand, he's got you and me, brother. In his hand, he's got you and me, brother. In his hand, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got you and me, sister. In his hand, he's got you and me, sister. In his hand, he's got you and me, sister. In his hand, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Uh, please go to the uh, comment section and fill out the connection card. 
so we can get to know you better and we can also uh, pray for you. Fill that card out and send it along. We'd also want to encourage you right now to share this broadcast, maybe with a friend, a person maybe you know who's discouraged, and go to your news feed and just share that now. I'm sure it'll be an encouragement to others also. This time in history uh, presents us with an amazing opportunity to be the church like never before. We are called to be the hands, the feet, the ears, the mouth of Jesus Christ himself, to reach out and try to help others, to comfort them like we've never done before, that they too might know the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. To all of you who want to reach out to those in need, please give. Your giving is important. And I want to remind you the words of Jesus Christ himself. Matthew 25, verse 40. Jesus says, And as much as you did this to the least of them, you do it unto me. And that is so true. As we reach out and try to make a difference, uh, your support is like, it's like we're going right to Christ and we're responding to him because uh, we are doing it to him. In a minute... Uh, on your screen, uh, a slide is going to come up for various ways for you to give. There's also a link in your Facebook comment section, and it links directly to our PayPal account. So let's uh, have a word of prayer, ask blessing over our giving, uh, that it would honor God and he would use our finances for his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we know your word. You are concerned for the poor the needy, the sick, the elderly, those in prison. You were so amazingly clear with us while you were on earth that when we give, when we help others in need, we do it actually to you. Open up our eyes, God. May we be generous towards you. May we want to help you, God. May we reach out to the people, God, you called us to. And God, uh, may your kingdom continue to grow and prosper in your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. worship our Father this morning who loves us he never leaves us he's perfect in all of his ways even when we're laying in bed in the middle of the night gripped with fear and worry our Heavenly Father whispers truth and love into our hearts and he comforts us so what a reason to worship him today so just join me in singing Good, Good Father. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. But I heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night when you tell 
that you're pleased in that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, and I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers. Only you provide, because you what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good Father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am, because you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Yes, you are. love so undeniable I I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you Call me deeper still into love, love, love. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Because you are perfect in all. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us oh. 
perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to This week, I became familiar with a group called Extreme Circus. I don't know if you've ever heard of them or not, but they perform uh, circus events. But they do something uh, very important, something very unusual. They train trapeze artists. They say that the most important thing in training a new trapeze artist is to help them manage one thing. Do you know what that one thing is? Think about it for a moment. It's fear, F-E-A-R. And what they're afraid of is they're afraid that they might fall. They're, they're afraid that they might get hurt. And they have to overcome that fear. Do you know how they help get past that fear? The trainer tells them this. <clears throat> Take a second to do a reality check. Remember, what you are afraid of is falling and getting hurt. The chance of this happening is highly unlikely. Remind yourself that you are going to be attached to safety lines the entire time with a trained professional holding the other end. And never forget, you are going to be landing in a big, soft, net in reality you are in you are in much danger crossing the street in new york city than you are at trying to be a trapeze person remind yourself that you are in good hands those are the words of the trainer and so today i want to take a few minutes to help you do a reality check. God is real, and he is great. I took you out to the ocean this morning, and you heard the song. God is, holds a whole wide world in his hands. He's a big God, and I am calling this series Gripped by God's Greatness. I want to ask you a question. Do you live like you are gripped by the greatness of God? Do you live like you are in God's hands? Can I tell you something? It may not be real to you. It may not have any depth as you hear the words. But I want to say to you, it's still a fact. You are in good, good hands. You are in great hands. You are in the hands of God. Just like the person who trains a new trapeze artist, I can tell you without a doubt that God's hands are the best hands. His hands are great. They hold the entire world, and they also hold you. Never forget that. We read about the greatness of God in this book called the Bible, and there's one book in particular 
that really puts the greatness of God on display. It's in the book of Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah lived almost 3,000 years ago, and God sent him to a people of Israel, and he wanted to draw those people back so they would understand the love of God. The people to whom he spoke to, they live with empty rituals, no knowledge of God, and no perceived need for God. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? This is a lot like today. Before this pandemic, people worship sports, they worship their children, they worship materialism, they all want to keep up with the Joneses. Like Israel, our idols have driven us far from God, and it's clouded our real need for him. But here comes Isaiah, a man on a mission, into a culture to tell us who God is in all of his glory, in all of his truth. I want to remind you, the culture cannot stop the proclamation of who God is. Isaiah is still speaking to us today. The question is, will we hear? Will we hear and heed his warning and embrace the truth of who God is? Go to Isaiah chapter 40. And I want you to read and hear this verse. It's verse 15. Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They are regarded by God as dust on his scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Wow. Have you ever wondered what God thinks about all these nations? that we think are so big and so great? Isaiah says God's perspective of all these great nations is like they are a drop in the bucket, like a speck of dust on his scales. Think of that. Get a vision of that, because that is the greatness of our God. A drop in the bucket? You've heard the expression. It means almost nothing. It's almost nothing to God. It'd be like $10 in our national economy. It would be like maybe a drop of water in the Atlantic Ocean. Unbelievable. World events and world leaders look so big, and they look so powerful. We actually think our entire existence and freedom is controlled and directed by them. Our issues, our uncertain future seems like it's overwhelming and we have no control but God <laughs> two great words but God but God is so much bigger than all of that God is so much further beyond all of the ways we think about this world this verse gives us God's perspective and how God sees this so that we can understand it, and we could live a life of peace by accepting the truth of really how great he is. I want you to go to the comment section right now, and I want you to think about what situation in your life are you dealing with right now, and you think, oh, this is so big, it's so huge, it threatens me, and I'm overwhelmed by it. I want you to say, 
God, you are bigger than my, and fill in the blank. For example, I would, might say, well, God, you are bigger than my tiredness. Or I might be able to say, God, you are bigger than our financial situation. Whatever it is, whether it's a word or a sentence, just go to that comment section and write those words. God, you are bigger than. Wow. You know, God shatters our tiny perception of him. Literally, he'll shatter it. You see, our God is not small. God is so big, so much further beyond our natural thinking. God truly is awesome. Yet somehow, we live in fear. We live in worry. And we try to make it on our own. How crazy is that? Today, I want to introduce you to a couple in our church, Alan and Jackie Henry, who lived as if God did not exist. And they lived in a very small, small way. Let's hear their story this morning. So I wanted to um, just begin with a couple questions. Um, the first one was, can you, can you guys tell me a little bit about the situation in your life and into which God, God came? Yeah, I'll start. Um, my parents divorced when I was five. Uh, my mom worked two jobs, and my dad worked a lot of overtime. He had another family to provide for, too. So from my perspective as a little boy, um, hard work and self-sufficiency was what growing up meant, or being a grown-up. Um, if you work hard enough, then, you know, you can, you can have what you want. Um, and you don't want to be a burden on anybody. You want to be self-sufficient. So that was my perspective of adulthood. Um, as an adult with my first marriage falling apart, um, I needed something to make me happy. So I like to build things. So I felt I had a, a, a better opportunity. I, I left a good paying job to start my own construction business because I saw that contractors had, you know, nice trucks and nice houses. And I wanted, you know, I wanted that. I, all I had to do was roll up my sleeves and work hard. And, and I was fine with that because that was, that was the way I was raised. So that philosophy worked for a while. Um, my construction business was booming in the, uh, in the early nineties. And, uh, I mean, the early two thousands rather. And then, then in, uh, 2008, the things slowed down, you know, the recession came, um, my work slowed down and, uh, all of a sudden my life was falling apart again. Um, I was going through another divorce. At 42 years old, I had to start all over again. Um, you know, how could 25 years of hard work just yield nothing? You know, I was confused. I figured if I worked hard enough, that wouldn't happen. Um, but I was blessed with two wonderful children, but yet I was miserable and desperate for some meaning in my life. Wow. Thanks, Al. Appreciate that. Thank you. Jackie? Um, well, when I walked through the doors of Messiah in 2010, um, on the outside, it really looked like I had it all together. I could put on a smile and I could act really strong. And I actually used to call myself Miss Independent. I didn't need anyone or anything. And I really prided myself on that. But inside, though, I was bitter and envious and jealous. Um, I was unforgiving. 
and afraid. I lived in a constant state of fear. Um, I had two short marriages behind me. Um, my first husband left me for someone else. My um, second marriage was abusive. And um, I had also suffered a significant trauma in between those two marriages. And then I was left to raise my daughter by myself. So that trauma sort of left me in a fog uh, for about 20 years. Um, but I functioned very well on the outside. Nobody would really know. Um, but on the inside, I was very anxious and afraid. And I had a lot of memory loss um, from before the age of 22. I just didn't really remember anything that had happened before that age. So, but I really prided myself on being a strong single mom. I had a great career and I was able to take care of myself. I didn't need anyone, especially a man. Um, I knew God existed, but he seemed really far away. And I always knew he loved me, but I didn't know him in a personal way. Uh, thank you, Jackie. I appreciate your sharing. Neither Jackie or Alan knew God's greatness. Neither one of them knew how much God really cared for them. They were both trying to make their life on their own. You heard them say their philosophy of life was self-sufficient, independent, I want you to hear this today. God is all-powerful, not us. And at the same time, he cares, and he knows each of us completely. God knows us, he sees us, and he knows that we need him. He knows that people need him because he will help, he will comfort, and he will empower us. The depth of his understanding of each person, including you, is far beyond your comprehension. Far, far beyond it. When Isaiah comes on the scene, he is a prophet. He comes to tell the people how great God is because he knows and God knows that that's what they need to hear. Everything God is, and everything that God has is for their help, for their benefit, to make their lives better. Not that they would be self-sufficient, but that they would depend on God and his power. But the first thing that has to happen is God has to correct their perspective. So... In view of God's nearness to us, Isaiah insists that the people stop saying that God is far away. Look at verse 27. It's a powerful verse in how he speaks these words to them. He says to them, Why do you say, O Jacob, and why do you speak, O Israel? My God is hidden from the Lord? Why are you talking that way? In other words, Isaiah is telling them, stop talking like this. 
this is not true. You don't understand. What a powerful beginning. Their perception of God has to change. It is way, way too small. God was uniquely interested in them, as he is with us. And the truth is that the people had lost all sense of closeness to God and how interested God was in them. They completely ignored it. They ignored God, and God began to them to be a far away God. He yielded a power that would only say to them, I'm out to see what's wrong with you, or to let you know you're all messed up. What a limited view of God. And many people still have that today. The people with this kind of perspective obviously have got to say, where's God when I need him? Where is God when I need him? Amazingly, we live at the same time. But God is saying, I've not moved an inch. I am closer than the air you breathe. And I have great interest in you. And I am concerned. And I am close to you in every moment of every day, of every week. I am here 24-7. I know you feel like I have forgotten. But I have not forgotten you. My name is Jehovah Shammah. I am the God who is always there. I am there before you get there. Wow. I want you to go to your comment section and declare it today. Stop saying those words you used to say. Say, God, you do love me. God, you do see me. God, you are close to me. Proclaim by faith who the real God is, because that is the truth. Go ahead right now and write that into your comment section.
What a beautiful song. I want you to imagine God saying this to you. When you wake up in the middle of the night, maybe you've had a bad dream or you're worried about something, imagine God saying to you, I'm already there. I'm already there. Maybe when you have that first thought in the morning, and it's not a good thought, can you hear God say to you, I'm already there, I'm already there. When you get out of bed and you put your feet on the ground, can you hear God say, I'm already there, I'm already there. When your emotions of fear and worry and gloom try to control you, consume you, hear God say to you, I am Jehovah Shammah. I am already there for you. I am there. What a beautiful, beautiful idea about the true God. Let's go back to Alan and Jackie. And I want you to hear more of their story. And especially about what God did for them. Let's watch. How did the greatness of God break into your lives and grip you? Alan? Yeah, well... You know, back in 2009, um, when things were falling apart again, I begged God for a break. I, uh, I actually doubted that he existed. Honestly, I demanded that he prove himself to me, and I know that's wrong. Um, but no signs appeared, you know, so I, I, I was struggling. Um, but what I didn't see was that God was using people to reach me. He was using other people. So while I asked him to prove himself to me, uh, I wasn't looking at what was going on around me. Oh, I know that my mom and my grandmother always prayed for me. Um, and Mary Parker as well. I know she was praying for me. She, her and my mom are good friends. And uh, she invited me to, actually to Messiah um, for an event. And I had been there a few times in the past, you know, to attend a service with my mom, mostly on Mother's Day, uh, because she told me if I went to church on Mother's Day, I wouldn't have to get her a present. And that's what she really wanted. So, <laughs> you know. Anyway, uh, my heart was hard. I, I wasn't looking forward to going to this event. Um, I really didn't want to go there, but it was Mary, so I went. And uh, I met a bunch of nice people. You know, it was a nice night, and I met one in particular who became a really good friend. Um, after watching her spiritual journey and hundreds of conversations with her, I finally had the courage to look inside myself. Um, I saw that I was pretty empty. And, uh, you know, I been struggling to uh fill my my voids or or you know with things and um at the same time i was introduced you know to god because i i was able to open up a little bit and uh i figured you know even he could help me so my view of what would make me happy began to change um depending on the Lord and following him was, was my path to happiness. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the stuff. So I humbled myself. Um, I started attending services and in 2010, I got saved. Oh, great. Wow. That's awesome. Thanks, Alan. How about you, Jackie? Well, um, very shortly after I started attending Messiah, um, a woman at the church, Mary Parker, she approached me and she asked if I would um, help her organize a singles event. And I was quite rude to her and I said, I can get my own dates, thank you very much. 
Um, but the Lord was already starting to work in my heart through um, your sermons. Um, so I told her I would help her organize the event. Um, and I didn't expect to get much out of that night. I just thought we would play some games and have some food. Um, and I would help clean up afterwards. And the night was really for other people. Um, I was fine. I wasn't there for myself. Um, but little did I know that God, he had other plans. Um, he knew He knew that like another person would help me eventually break down the cement barriers that I had formed and that were blocking my growth. Um, he knew that I needed a safe person that I could share my life with. So um, Alan walked through the doors that night and <laughs> now, <laughs> now when I think back, it, it was like the greatness of God, like literally breaking into our lives. Like we were actually all already sitting down in a circle, but Alan came in late through the doors. So it was That's like, <laughs> there's Alan. So, <laughs> and we ended up having a really good time that night. Um, so also during this time, I had started my first discipleship group and started learning how to read and navigate the Bible with my first mentor. Um, my first book was discipleship essentials and i'll always remember um chapter nine on sin and that's when the lord really started opening my eyes um because i had become so prideful and envious unforgiving i was very stubborn um so he started convicting me and counseling me and um god did not want me to live like i had to take care of myself um, he wanted to show me how faithful he could be um, so I would trust him. Um, and he wanted me to know that I didn't have to be misindependent anymore. Um, so all of the outside had hidden a very broken person on the inside. And he was about to make me whole. Um, soon after that, Alan found his way into my heart and into my life and he became my husband and God wanted me to heal and in his 